cliffcentral.com. This morning, the burning platform, as always, um, we have Pumi Mashiko, who um, is ready to tackle just about any subject. Sure, we had a nice conversation last week with Canton, uh, and it was good to see him again. Uh, Pums has got her best, shiniest golden earphones on for the, uh, the burning platform. Looking fantastic. And we're also joined this morning by Solly Moeng, who's no stranger to the burning platform. Hey, Solly, how are you? Hey, hello, Pumi. Hello, Karev. I'm so Hello, Tata Solly. 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 I've, I've had um, I've had you on the TV show and I've had you in the burning platform before and you've you've got that beautiful painting in the background. Do you want to tell us about that? Because um, I'm too curious now to not know what it is before we get into all the yeah. all the deranged craziness of of of, of current affairs. Yeah, it, it depicts African women in a in a marketplace, but I inherited it from a German friend of mine who got it from a marketplace and went, decided to leave South Africa last day because it was really tough. And he said, you know what, sorry, I'm going to leave you with a piece of your own Africa. And this is it. It's beautiful. <laughs> so it's a beautiful painting. Very nice. Yeah. All right. Now, I've, I've seen it before. That's why I decided we needed to talk about it this morning. Okay, guys, uh, there's uh, there's just nothing to talk about because, of course, we live in a very boring place um, where really there's no there's no news. No, no politicians ever do anything wrong. Um, it all runs like well-oiled machinery. There's plenty of electricity. There's plenty of, of government service delivery. So I really don't know what we're going to talk about this morning. <laughs> no insurgencies, no, nothing. No, no, none of that stuff. No. So let's start with Zuelim Kiza. I'm, I'm glad you brought him up because we've already discussed him at some length in the headlines this morning. But there's new evidence emerging now. And this seems to be a pattern in the ANC. And for those people who are surprised by this, and you know, the only people who's, the only person really who's ever surprised by anything seems to be Cyril. He's always shocked and surprised. Um, I wonder if he's sitting in his office now at the union buildings. Maybe it's too early. I don't know. But he's maybe sitting there going, oh, you mean Zwelim Kiese's family benefited from the digital vibes tendon? How's that possible? This is an ANC. No, it's, he's on his morning walk right now. Oh, he's on his right. morning that's walk right, right now. Mm. And, and mm. this is at that point where he's pondering the happenings of the day, where so the shock actually sits That's in. where the shock comes in. Okay, so Solly and Pumi, um, this is the ANC's modus operandi. Is, is it's, a, it's a, you know, the ANC's members see government as a way to make themselves and their families a whole lot of money without earning it properly this is the best way to make some serious cash and zuelim kiza is really just the tip of the iceberg this is a a, a standard model for almost everybody who's had their fingers in the till don't you think it is indeed i think that the ncs also must have the art of knowing that south africans forget very quickly when they pretend something doesn't hasn't happened because yeah. there's so much happening in South Africa all the time, we forget that something has happened. We need to, we fail to connect the doors. The ANC also knows that the Africans just don't connect the doors. You know, I mean, it doesn't make sense for a president who's fighting against corruption to be sitting with a minister who stole, because all evidence went to, to him having enabled and benefited 100 million rent. It's a lot of money. Can you imagine the opportunity cost? What you could do with that money? You know, I'm sure that if I went to Ramaphosa, I would say, "Good, I'm sorry, you need to go. You're really messing up my program here." I would tell him to go. Why is it so hard? All ministers serve at the pleasure of the president. Right. Nobody else. What pleasure is Ramaphosa getting from this? Yes, uh, but but uh, 150 million, as Pumi and I were talking about earlier. Isn't that much money uh, when there are big, big tenders for hundreds more millions that are going around every day, and we know how much is being stolen there. I mean, it almost feels like he's being used as a bit of a scapegoat, Zuelim Kize, but I'm, I'm certainly not trying to, to fight uh, his case for him. You know, corruption is corruption, whether it's five rand or whether it's 500,000 rand. To me, Gareth, it's the same. B- before we move on, is there any way that you can work your magic with levels for Sully's for Sully. mic? Sully's- um, Sully, is there, is there, is there a different uh, way we can do your sound? Because uh, those headphones that you're wearing, that's, yeah, it's just, it's very muffled. It's, it's not so much a, 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 a it's not a, a loudness or a softness thing. But I agree with you. Let's see if we can figure that out. Hmm. Um, I see, by the way. Hmm. That, that, that a lot of people asking about um, Andrew Cuomo in New York, who looks like he's in the firing yeah. line. You know, we'll get to that just now. But Pums, do you want to add anything on this William Kizia story while we while we sort out Sully's sound? 
you know, I, I mean, when Sully comes back on, because he's in reputation management, mm. one of the things I'm most interested about is how, how do you manage this reputational blow? I mean, for a very long time, and you've heard me say this before, right? Zuelim Kiza's corruption or corrupt dealings and, and the Smolanyana skeletons yes. in Zuelim Kiza's closet have always been confined to within the ANC and within KZN. They weren't national news. Yes. I, mean, I think for people in KZN and people within the ANC, they're not as surprised as the rest of the country is. So, you know, how, this, this one, reputational one, damage then, how does that bode Solly, in your professional Sully, opinion, can, can you, for, can you just, let's just test your sound. Can you hear me now? I can hear you. It's a little bit better. Let me just see. Just talk for us uh, for a little bit. One, two, one, two. Are you able to hear it's me? Still, it's still, uh, you know what, Sully, if you unplug your headphones completely and we just use the, the laptop or iPad that you're using. Okay. Now. How about this? Is this better? Actually, mm -hmm. un, uh, wherever you had the plug in for the, the headphones, unplug that. that yeah, help. I've taken it out. Okay. So let's just see now. No, I'm without the mic. Don't know if that's going to help is, very is much. I'm going to ask um, Simpiwe. Okay. I'm just going to ask Simpiwe to try and sort that out with with you, so that we can test it offline. Because um, otherwise, we, we're mm. going to struggle here. Uh, Simpiwe, if you can just get uh, get Sully on the line and see if you could sort that out, please. Because you know, Zueli is still a politician, and he still has a a, a long career. Yeah. In his mind, at least, yes, of course, of of politics, and also just in terms of the ANC's succession, you know. So, how does he? Can he come back from under this? The, the evidence is there. Well, we all know it's happened, and and the evidence is so blatant. I think the one thing we spoke about social media being a cult earlier. The the greatest thing about social media for us here in South Africa is that we don't need lifestyle orders. It's all out there for all to see. You know, they, yes. they are unable to, to not even flaunt their thieving ways to all of us. You know, Zuelim Kiza's son and wife are all over social media with their new nail salon and this yeah. and that. And, right. you know, the money trail but, is but, clear. But in some ways, we all get to see it. I mean, Pums, isn't that great that we live at a time where people are so stupid that they incriminate themselves? I mean, we know, for example, um, Ace Mahashule's kids as well. They've, they've been posting stuff about their cars and about their lavish lifestyles. And these guys can't help it. They can't help it because they live in a in a bubble with a bunch of other rich people who have benefited mm. enormously from public money and they can't help but boast about it. And we're going to find out and SARS are going to find out. And hopefully this is the way that we eventually shut these people down because they cannot keep quiet about their spending. They cannot. I went to lunch yesterday. I said to you where I ate the steak, right? <laughs> and I went for lunch at a waterfall, you know, in, in Midrand, which is, it is like, the, the capital of conspicuous consumption in South Africa. It's mm -hmm. moved out of Santon and moved to there. There are restaurants there, and there was this one woman sitting there in what looked like a tinfoil space suit. It's the only way I can describe it. Oh, wow. It was one of these shiny um, anorak jackets, but it looked like it had been built to reflect the sun from the moon's surface or, or, or you know, or the, the mission to Mars or something. And this woman was decked out like you cannot believe. The sunglasses must have cost four to five thousand rand the shoes must have cost well into the the thirty forty thousand rand mark she had a bag there that was bedecked in gold and covered in branding um and long nails and she was sipping on and this is at lunchtime she was sipping on really expensive champagne and i thought you know this person i can just tell it at a at a, at a a glance that this is someone who has not earned the money. She may have a very rich husband who's earned the money. She may have um, she may have, have, have started to, uh, to to benefit from some uh, I don't know cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency. Account. It's possible, but the chances that she actually made that money based on how she's flashing it, it, it it's very very slim that she actually made that money herself. And I looked at this and I thought, Zuelim Kiza's kid, Zuelim Kiza's wife. Um, Ace Makashule's children, and so many other people who, you know, well, they, they've, they've without any shame will drive a Bugatti around Johannesburg. And they think we're not mm. going to know that that money is stolen money. There's no reason a minister could ever have that kind of money if it wasn't stolen. 
Nomvula and her Aston Martin. But here's mm. the thing, right? So we know that within right. the and and it's not just the ANC, right? It's not just the ANC. Yesterday, the SIU took out a a map of the country to show where the looting of yes. the of the funds of the health funds that were for Corona, how it's been spread out over South Africa. So if the only province that has none, no cases at the moment is the Northern Cape, hmm. possibly because there are very few people there anyway, <laughs> right? Yeah, there's no one in the Northern Cape. But every single province in this country has had some form of irregular expenditure around that. But we know, so we know that the, the ANC doesn't care. We know that they're not going to hold them accountable. We hope that there is some kind of independence in the NPA, mm-hmm. in the judiciary, that they will be able to hold them accountable. Right. Mm, but the chances we've not seen that, right? So we've not seen, we've not seen Shamila Padoi's like difference coming in. No, at she's the made NPA. no difference. So she's, she's also none. hamstrung over there. So we have to hold them accountable, and I hope that that's that's what people are currently doing is they're looking at vi- their viable alternatives so that when you walk into that ballot box, you can with, with all consciousness go, these people stand for the things that I believe South Africa needs and vote them out. That's how we're going to hold them accountable. We've got to vote the thieves out of power. Well, if if they give us our elections in October, because the IEC is trying to, uh, you know, uh, kick that can down the road, and they're trying to move the elections, postpone them. So who knows? I mean, and try... this is where Cyril Ramaphosa is very dangerous. No, of course. This is where he's dangerous. You... It serves him. He's a dictator, guys. I... He, he's actually a dictator I now because been... if that is allowed to happen, if that is allowed to happen at this Anything point where the happen. elections are moved. Mm then we are in real trouble. And this is, you know, it's just quietly allowing this to happen, just quietly kind of let's, let's, you know, and you've, you've been what very are they consistent. taking it to the constitutional court for? The yeah. court, you know, you studied yeah. law. What is the court supposed to do? The court is supposed to be an arbiter in disputes. Who is, the, who, who, what's the dispute about? The country wants elections. Yeah. The minister has has given the date for the elections. Who is the IEC in dispute with that they Precisely. have to take this to court? Let's just try and get Solly back on. Hey, Solly. Uh, this is so frustrating, but I've been listening to everything you've been saying. Can okay, you hear this me is better now? Is it, is yeah. it a bit better? Because I can't really tell. Slightly better. Okay. All right, Solly, let's... One, two, let's... Three, one. So I'm just going to reintroduce you, just in case people don't know. Sonny Moing is uh, is, is an old hand at the at the Burning Platform, but he's also the founder of Don Valley Reputation Managers, as well as a freelance writer and a columnist, and um and he's he's in reputation management. And Pumi was asking, and maybe this is where we can pick up with you again, Sonny, is to just ask whether you think someone like Zulim Kize, where you think he's he's you know in any way rehabilitatable, whether you can bring him back from the dead because. Really, his reputation is shot now. And for good or for bad, whether he's the worst person in the ANC or just one of the bad people in the ANC, I think his political career is over. At one stage, he was even a candidate for president of the ANC. Um, I don't know if that's possible anymore. Or do the ANC care so little about reputation that you can come back like Tony Yangeni did? I mean, he's in charge of the ethics committee, for heaven's sake. What do you think? I'm not laughing. It's painful. It really, really is painful. I think that, you know, I also get worried when you, when you say maybe one of the people, you know, that's not a lot of money. We've normalized the abnormal. And so that's a problem. When you get hit all the time, and one day the person doesn't hit you, you just, you know, maybe push your, your nose or whatever. You, 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 you normalize abuse to the extent that everything goes. And this is where we are at. 150, 5 million rand is a lot of money. Okay? Give me 5 million rand. Send me into any township to make a difference with it, into any impoverished area. Five million rand, that would make a lot of people. So we need to punish these people. There's no such thing as he stole little, he didn't steal little. Ramaphosa must get rid of this man. If he really wants to be a leader of South Africa, not just a leader of the ANC, he needs to get rid of this man and many others who are still in the system. Yeah. What about Ramaphosa's and what about Ramaphosa's uh, reputation? I mean, when he came, a lot of people there was Ramaphoria, you know, and right. you don't hear anybody talking about Tumamina anymore. 
has his reputation Look, taken such a knock that you know in coming elections is going to see him lose I, some ground? I describe Ramaphosa as if you have a bucket filled with dirty shirts. He's the least dirty, and you need to go to an interview. You, have, you need to look for the shirt that you can wear. That's more or less okay. That's the one. You put <laughs> the thing is, the whole <laughs> He's the least dirty. He's the least dirty shirt. Wow. Well, you know what? The thing is, he's also the shirt that's standing between Saravika and Amagadon. We must acknowledge that. If Ramaphosa goes, in the tradition of the African National Congress, Mabuza is going to take over. And when that man takes over, he's the man who's going to receive the report from the Zonda Commission with all the recommendations. Do you think he's going to do anything about it? No. If I can give, give credit to Ramaphosa for anything, it's that he has not interfered with the law, with the criminal justice system. That is, that is, there's no evidence that he has. But Mabuza would probably say, you know what? So, hang on, sorry, sorry, sorry. Basically, you, you're one of those people who says that, that uh, Cyril is the, the, the best of the worst. So, in other words, I'm just paraphrasing you here, but we have to have him yeah. because if he goes, we're going to be left with Didi Mabuza, and that's much, much worse. Pumi, you pulled a face. I mean, what does that mean to you? Is that settling for less? Is, is, is that the best we can do? Well, interestingly, Sully, what you're saying sounds to me like you're saying we have no alternative. It, it's We have to deal with whatever the ANC serves us. Surely we have alternatives. No, what no, about no. any of the it. other parties? You're saying he is no, the no. only one standing between us. And, and, now, and DD and the chaos that is DD. No, no, the NC must be, must be out. You know that the NC is like an old power station that has reached its end life. It must be decommissioned. It should have been decommissioned long ago. But I'm saying <laughs> until the next elections, Ramaphosa is the least of the shirts. You can't replace Ramaphosa. So we need to, to hope Ramaphosa stay on until we vote him and his party out of power. We don't want the NC. So do, the can, NC, we, can we survive? So can we can we survive long enough? I mean, if if we have to wait for Cyril, look, either we call for a coup d'état, which is not going to happen, which we shouldn't call, of course. But the only thing, if we want to remain democratic, is to hope that South Africans will wake up when we go to elections and they kick the ANC out of power. They have to kick the ANC out of power, otherwise it's it's, it's going to get worse and worse. Levels of impunity and arrogance mm-hmm. in the ANC sectors are massive. And there are people waiting to, for their turn to eat. They don't care about you and me. So the, we don't have a choice until the next elections. We can't, there's no way, there's no other way that we can kick the ANC out. It's, it's the democratically elected uh, party in power, unfortunately. Right. So, but we have to all right, so let's talk. You, you put me brought up the looting while we were we were waiting to to get Sully back on. So what what I wanted to do was just talk about this looting now because it's we've got a couple of weeks of hindsight now, and that gives us a little bit more clarity. And a lot of people are actually talking to the looters, and they're asking these people who were really opportunistic criminals. You know, I mean, we all know that it's wrong to do that. Even they know it's wrong to do that. In many situations, these people have been tracked down. The police are taking those goods back from them. God alone knows what the police are doing with them, probably keeping them for the police. But the fact is, a lot of these people said, you know what, I was swept up in in uh, the crazy mob, and I know it's unacceptable, and I'm embarrassed about my behavior. I've seen some of these interviews. And we can't really do much more than take back these things from from the looters and then – in the cases where you know we can find out what's been going on, make them pay the, 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 the prices that the law allows us to make them pay. But the real problems here seem to be around these mastermind people who you know put the whole plan into action, these guys who were going to attack the infrastructure. And we've been led to believe by people in politics that there are these, these very, very clever people in the Zuma camp or people who just want to bring disorder and chaos to South Africa. I think it's a bit of a smokescreen, but do you think there's some credibility to that argument, Pumi and uh, Asami? There's an actual number now. No, we, they say we've 12. been told they by Cyril Ramaphosa yeah. that there are 12, yeah. 12 people like Jesus' disciples who are responsible for this. Mm. Do you believe it? I think, I think we've been taken for a ride. First of all, we've seen Zuma's adult kids instigating, telling people to go on and do this thing. Edward was one of them, Dudu Zani, Dudu Zid, all those, they are not mentioned, all right? 
The NPA also keep going on about wanting to bring the Guptas from, from Dubai, but they are partner, they are key partner. Here in South Africa, Institusan, he keeps coming and going, going around telling everybody that he's going to be the next president of South Africa and the ANC. Why are they not going after Institusan and, and, and his sister and Edward, who were who clear instigators of what happened over the past two weeks? I mean, you know, this, this whole thing that of turning South Africa into an animal farm or whirling an animal farm, where some people can be charged, others cannot be charged, it's nonsense. It needs to stop. I mean, we're not fools. If they know who instigated the violence, we all know them. They must go after these guys too. Susan is allowed to walk around, to press around like a prince. You know, he was the guy who was working with the Guptas, okay, who allowed everything to happen. Yeah. The money that he's, he's spending in Dubai, the luxury apartment, apparently 18, 18 million rand that he lives in, where did he get it from? From the Guptas business. All right? So, Sully, so uh, his wealth you, you, on, this wealth is still gotten wealth. You're not, uh, you're not the first person. You're not the first person to say this about Dudizani Zuma. I mean, I heard. One night, it was, uh, you know, the the TV was on, which doesn't happen often, and it was on SABC News, and uh, Peter Ndoro was busy interviewing somebody. And he interviewed Frank Chikane, who's not by any stretch of the imagination, like a a huge, you know, uh, antagonistic and and, and angry and and controversial character. I mean, Frank Chikane is the guy who kind of held the Tabombeki presidency together like glue. He was a very, very smart man, and I think... Very few people would call him a radical or anything. He was on SABC News two weeks ago when we were just coming out of these riots and looting. And he was Mm -hmm. saying, arrest Jacob Zuma's children. That's what he said. Pretty much the same thing you've said now. Those three that you named, Duduzile and Duduzane, the twins, and then Edward, have been instigating in plain sight on television and in any other medium that they could. I see some of them have been temporarily suspended and banned from Twitter, and I think that that's a good thing because those those social media shouldn't be used for the purposes of insurrections. I mean, that's what America that's what America said anyway when they stormed the Capitol on January 6th. So we've got to apply a standard across the board. And this is not a hard thing to achieve, right? No, no. Pums, what do you think? Do you make do you make any sense of this twelve disciples, these twelve bad people? You said it just now, very dismissively. It's it's not dismissive. It's it's simply what we we are seeing, and we've had two cases of um, come before magistrates' courts. Obviously, because also all these cases have to go through the system. They have to snake through the system, and they have to start at the magistrates' court. So we've got. Um, two guys that have come in front of magistrates about mm. bail applications. Right. The one is Ngizu Mkundu, who, who is, you know, very insta-famous, I think it is, talking. And the magistrate, because here's the thing, though, about the law as well, is that in court, it is the duty of the prosecutor to put the case without reasonable doubt to to show the magistrate and it's going to be difficult it's going to be difficult for any of the of the prosecutors to prove beyond doubt that there was instigation hmm. and that the instigation was specifically towards <laughs> insurrection hmm i think that they've chosen a weak case there was something else that they could have chosen to charge these people with and that's why they were given bail and they were given like pittance for bail like five thousand rands is the bail that they were given i don't know if we're gonna see i don't know who the other 10 i don't even know if these two are part of the 12 that is kind of touted because we have no names we don't know who they are we don't know when they're going to be charged when they're going to appear we just know that the intelligence says there were these 12 people and as i said to you last week i you know i i don't see it i don't see the the organized clever um kind of person the people that they've brought in front of us are not not smart that organized that clever no that, that they were able to organize 
something across such a big stretch of South Africa with so many different people. There's a lot more going on than what we're seeing in front of us. Also, Pumi and and Sally, I mean, this strikes me as a convenient thing. You know what happens whenever there's an an insurrection, and I'm using this term very loosely. It does give the government in power all kinds of wide and sweeping abilities to be able to turn on their actual enemies. And while we know that this is, in at the moment, it's a an ANC internal battle, but it could very well spill over into other places. And, you know, this is where we talk about elections being postponed and this kind of thing, which is convenient for the ANC. I don't know that, that those Cyril Ramaphosa fans who write in all the, the mainstream media publications in this country, and they all are still Cyril fans. I mean, News 24 cannot be brought to criticize the president, no matter what you do. Um, I read an interesting Daily Maverick article the other day about these insurrections and about the Twitter accounts that are all linked that that kind of point to some sort of campaign, but it's really not an impressive thing. And and even though the Daily Maverick tries to explain the, the reach and the power of these various Twitter accounts, if that is all you've got in terms of evidence, then you haven't got a lot. It's not weak. enough. It's a weak case. It's a really weak case. I think this was just an opportunity, and and it'll 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 happen again when uh, Jacob Zuma is is next going to appear, or when he's released. You know, this is this is something so predictable. And again, our intelligence business, which we spoke about last week with Canton, that should have been a little bit more on the ball to be able to predict these things. This is an obvious one. Everybody was aware that there was going to be something around Jacob Zuma having to go to jail. How could we have ignored this? So the the fascinating thing for me is watching how the other political parties in the space have have not stepped up because this is the perfect opportunity. The ANC has completely fallen apart. How do you because they're competitors, right? So in any any environment, if Coca-Cola is <laughs> is fumbling, Pepsi-Cola will make a play for that market. You know, if if Apple is fumbling, Samsung makes a play for that market. And we don't see that. We don't see the other brands, as it were, or other parties make a play for this market. No one is stepping yeah. in and showing the leadership that we need or or even giving people alternatives. You know, I saw a comment in one of the comments earlier saying, better the devil we know. And that for me is what is even more worrying, saying nobody is stepping up to the plate. Yeah, but that that's kind of what Sully's saying too when it comes to Cyril, right? Mm-hmm. Best of a bunch of bad options. So, okay, what do you what do you guys see the opposition politics uh, looking like? Because we have discussed this, but we haven't discussed it nearly as much as the ANC. And I'm always worried about the burning platform becoming just a bitch session about the ANC. So let's just talk a little bit. The EFF, you know, someone made a very good point. Someone made a very good point to me about the EFF the other day. You know that they do not have the majority in any single ward in any part of South Africa. They don't have one ward. The EFF and their numbers, if anything, have dropped over the last couple of months rather than gone up. They've been largely absent from any discussions around anything except keeping the lockdowns in place. They don't have any ideas. Their own support systems seem to be failing or at least going backwards. And they can't make a fuss out of all the bullshit that they used to make a fuss out of. So what's the future of the EFF? I think uh, a lot of people are waking up. A lot of people are waking up to the lie that is Malema. And the ESF is a one, is largely a one-issue political party. The, and the DA is no longer ambitious enough to want to replace the ANC because they know they can't, they've lost their numbers as well. So what we need in South Africa is a party that will come and address all issues, not just one issue. You can't take over from the ANC by just being angry at one thing, which is what the ESF is about. And Malema, the more he speaks, the less credible he is. It's not as exciting as it used to be. It's just one angry man apparently running around with un- unresolved childhood um, um, anger issues. <laughs> and there's murmurings now. Look, there's murmurings now of the VPS case finally going to court. Mm-hmm. That's going to do further damage. I think it's it's one of the things that 
has served to neutralize the EFF really is the story of VPS yeah. and their involvement yeah. in that story. And, and with the murmurings that it's finally going to come to court, I think there's going to be some seriously explosive uh, revelations there that are going to hurt them even further. Yeah, I believe there is a, there is appetite in in the middle of South Africa for a new party. I really believe so. It's not there yet. Maybe it's, a lot of things are happening behind the scenes. But South Africans in the middle need to be brought together by a something that was, we are all together. We all belong together. We can still make this country a winning nation. That party is not there. It's not a DA. It is definitely not, not the EFF. Uh, people have to wake up. There's a need. To, to rally South Africans again. Well, um, we again. do have to recognize, though, that one of the things the DA did yeah. do, John Stiernes, and, and I saw that they'll be having some kind of Facebook Live mm-hmm. uh, in the next couple of days. I think it's tomorrow. John Stiernes did make a play, and he did show up on the ground in Durban. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in Phoenix, and the, yeah. the poster that I saw of, of his address, his Facebook address, is is about what their findings are, what they're doing, I suppose, on the ground. But here again, for me, I think that where they are being let down is they're being let down by the fact that they remain and they keep making the noises that say to us, you know, we, we actually are this party that cares about what we care about and we don't really care about you. We don't well, really care about the art of you or I, the most of you. Yeah, I we saw... care about a small... Sorry, Pums. Yes, I, I saw a really interesting article about this the other day, and, and I think the DA's chief challenge is is actually that John Steenhuisen is not very well known. Um, they did a poll uh, after the after the looting, and they said to South Africans, you know, who do you think has done a good job? Who do you think has done a bad job? What do you know about these people? There's huge recognition of, and as reputation people, you know, you and and Sully will understand this. There's massive name recognition and face recognition for Cyril, for Julius. There isn't that for John Steenhuisen. Now, I don't think he's doing a horrible job in the DA. I don't think that the DA are necessarily putting out the wrong messaging, but they're just not as powerful a brand at the moment. And I think when it comes to brands, the DA may have uh, some legacy uh, power in it, you know, the the stuff that, that they tried to do with Helen and Moosey and company when they were riding high. But the fact is that John Steen has, even though, you know, he, he may be a very good politician, he may be a smart guy, he may have all the best intentions in the world, people just don't know him. And that's really their biggest challenge. And, and it's not my opinion, that's what it says in the polls. It's not even so much that they don't know John Steenhuisen, but it's the fact that the people they do know coming out of the DA and the, their positions and the things they say. You know, so Helen Zilla is, is actually a reputational risk to the DA because of the number of things that she says, the way she says it. I mean, the, the article, well, was it an article? I think it was carried in News 24, but it was really a very long Facebook post, which completely infantilizes not just Jacob Zuma, but the black voter in terms of the way that she sees it and sees them and the decision making, right? Mm. Then you have Tony Leon coming out and saying one of their biggest draw cards, Musi Maimani, was actually a failed experiment. So now, you, you, you know, all of those noises are what takes away the, the opportunity that they have of gaining in the in the market hey, because then uh, when the it, reputation when, when that it, when it, is like you know Sorry? i think i think I, you know Stenism is a good guy he really means well he's a good politician but he does he lacks the gravitas that he needs to attract people and i think there's also a suspicion that he is remote controlled by by, by helen zillen people fear that whatever he says and he's made it clear in the past that you know we appreciate their respect say, i'm not saying he shouldn't but the thing is, there's also that suspicion over Sile. The minute you, you put a leader of the VA who seems to be too close to her, we end up with the kind of suspicion that people have over him. I don't think that he's a bad guy. I just think he lacks a voice. And the charisma to attract more people to the DA. Yeah, and, and honestly, I have to say, when it comes to infantilizing the black voter, the ANC are the experts at that. All they do is they give you a T-shirt or a you know a, a little sandwich at some rally, and they assume that you're going to vote for them. And and really, the ANC has done nothing to uh, to make 
black voters feel any kind of confidence in their own ability to make decisions. That's why they say to them, don't worry, we'll give you social grants. We'll help you do this. We'll get you this. It's Nothing's left up to you because you couldn't possibly handle it on your own. So, I mean, it's not just Helen who thinks that. Maybe there is a, a, a genuine patronizing attitude from politicians towards the average black voter. I don't believe that the average black voter is already decided. I don't believe that the average black voter in South Africa doesn't know what's going on. I think they're the people, especially the unemployed people in this country, they're the ones who will make the change because when they do decide to raise their voices, when they've had enough, and trust me, uh, 20 odd years of being um, used is going to make anybody feel like they've had enough at some point. Then they will make themselves heard, and that's when it's going to hurt the ANC. Yeah, you know, the ANC saw what happened in 2016. They fear the specter of 2016. That's why people fear elect, local government elections. They know that the way the, the South Africans, black South Africans, were able to kick them out of three important metros. It could happen again, even worse. You know, we need, we need, we, we should trust black South African voters. They mm. do get hard for we have seen them take uh, food progress uh, parcels from the ANC in KZN ahead of elections and going over to vote for the, for the IFP. So we shouldn't underestimate that people are really frustrated, but they are looking for a home, for a home they can trust. It's the, the, the pain in South Africa and in Black South Africa is that the only other time when the country wasn't governed by the ANC, it was a, it was a party. It was a very bad place for, right. for South Africans, for black people especially. So then they're unable to imagine as a good South Africa that is that doesn't have an ANC hovering above it. Mm-hmm. Why are we not talking about guys? Not once have we spoken about Heman Mashaba. Why are we not talking about Heman Mashaba? Solly, what is Heman getting his reputation yeah. and his party? Go on, what do you think of that, Solly? Good, good I question. Think, I think Helen Mashaba, look, he's, he's a very courageous man, and I like that about him. He goes straight <laughs> towards the beast. You know, he says what, he doesn't, he doesn't have the charisma, there's no doubt about it, but he's a very courageous guy, and he's unafraid because he has nothing to lose. He's got his money, he doesn't need to be in, in, the, in the job, as it were, but, but he's tasted power while he was in Johannesburg, and he started addressing some issues that should be addressed, especially how, what Johannesburg has become. The NC has allowed Johannesburg to rot. I grew up in Johannesburg. I haven't lived there for years. When I go to downtown Joburg today, I look over my, my, on my shoulders all the time. Henry Mashaba is the kind of guy who, I don't know if, it's, if, if he would be a very good president for South Africa, but we need him, we need his voice in our politics. Why did you ask Pums? Because I know you've got strong opinions about Herman Mashaba. Well, because the, he was on... He was on... Power to the truth, I mm. think, on ENCA, mm-hmm. and 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 it was shocking for me. It was astounding how he was unable to articulate, and and I say this on the show often. He was unable to articulate the policies of his party. Mm. You know, we talk about the fact that the average voter in South Africa is actually quite clued up about what's going on and who stands for what. The ANC may not have been able to deliver on what they say they stand for. But people at least know what the ANC says it stands for. And if you are unable, which is which also one of the things that, you know, is the EFF's uh, is the EFF's downfall, as well as, I suppose, to a, to a lesser extent, the DA, is the fact that people are unable to articulate their policies. People are unable to articulate what it is that they stand for, other than the fact that they are anti-ANC. The ANC, on the other hand, whether they give you 350 rand to help you as a COVID stipend, or they... they they have promises, you know, they, they promise a better life for all. They may not have delivered a better life for all, but they have promised a better life for all. They, and you know, if you get your 350 rand, if you get your unemployment grant, if you get your children's grant, if you get those things, mm-hmm. it looks like a better life. It looks like, oh, well, they're doing the best they can with the little that they have. But if you are unable to articulate what it is that the other guys stand for, then it's very difficult to vote for them. You know, I think what attracts people to this ANC is not just—it's not only what they promise; it's also the story. The fact of the matter: the, a, the, the ANC holds the story of the anti-apartheid liberation. You know, they can tell stories of who did what during apartheid in exile, 
uh, the sacrifices that have been made. You know, they still they keep bringing up statues. Now they're promising to go and fetch the dead bodies of people who were buried in foreign lands. All those stories are romantic stories that remind people who the ANC is. And too many people forget the, the, the fall for the narrative for the beautiful heroic, clean heroic stories and music and dance and forget that actually we need change. Mm, and, and we forget the, romanticism, yeah. the, the political romanticism around the ANC that's keeping a lot of people captive. I don't know. When and I, we forget when I see uh, Herman Mashaba, I, I see someone. I think he means well, but I just don't think he has the tools at his disposal to be convincing to enough people. And I mean that with with uh, you know, I agree with Sully's point that he's a courageous man, and I think he he has a he has an ability to 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 do certain things and certainly in business i have a lot of respect for somebody who was able during the apartheid era as a black man to have built the the the, the huge business that he did and have made the success of himself that he did i just get the impression that he's not a a serious player when it comes to politics and politics is not really about business and business and politics don't always marry very well and someone who's good at the one is not always good at the other i mean as Pumi says, you just in politics, it's it's all about promising things. You don't have to deliver. In business, it's all about delivery and not necessarily about what you promise. Um, I feel like he's the wrong guy to be looking for to be our savior. I think that we've got to decentralize this stuff. We've got to look at the local level. And it starts with your, your ward counselor. It starts with knowing who your representative is in your own municipality. Because that's where you'll get accountability because you know where they live. And we've seen people in really poor neighborhoods who felt like they've been completely abandoned by their politicians. They go outside that person's house and they pressurize them until they get what they need. That's the only way we're going to get these politicians off their backsides. Don't you agree? This is where we have to be a little bit like the the cult of self-improvement, right? Mm -hmm. The savior is not going to come from outside. (laughs) We should not be looking for an external savior. You know, we should be the people that stand up and become our own savior. That is why local politics is important. And that is why you must get to know who the people are in in your locality, in your municipality, in your council area. And if you can, have the courage to be a bit like Herman, you know, and stand, stand. stand up, stand, put your hand up and say, I can do something. I can make a difference in my street, in my community, yeah. in, my, no. in my municipality, in my province, think, in my country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the, the mistake, you're absolutely correct for me and both of you. We, we idolize politicians in, in South Africa too much, maybe in Africa. We put them on a pedestal when they come into the room. We stand up, we dance, we, we almost want to worship them. It should be the other way around. We should be putting those counselors against the wall. Basically, we should yeah. put pressure on them. When uh, something uh, is not working, call the local council. A lot of people don't know, don't let, know who the council Let me just ask you this. Or where they live. You know, the people won't, though, because Pums, as much as you say this, and Sully, as much as you say this, you can't even get people who own their own property in a complex to stand for election to that complex's body corporate. People <laughs> hate doing this stuff because it means extra time. It means time. It means responsibility. Much easier to just blame right. someone else. And as much as politicians irritate us, someone has to do that job. Now, if it's not going to be them, it's going to be you. And if you're not going to stand, then they're going to do it. I had a conversation. Then we deserve it. Exactly. I had a conversation with a neighbor of mine the other day, and he was saying to me he had to stand for for chairman of the of the one body corporate because he owns a, a an investment property there. And he said it's amazing. He could not persuade one other person at the meeting, and only about a quarter of the people even pitched for the meeting. He couldn't persuade one other person at the meeting to join him on the new board that they were trying to establish. This is the apathy that will lead to not only your investment in whatever it is that property is that you've got deteriorating in value, but in the community deteriorating in value. It's what is it going to take to get South Africans to activate their their interest in making these things happen at the local level? We talk about activism, but what does it take? You've, You've already been, you've had all the money stolen. That should be a reason. I mean, if if someone came and and robbed my bank, I would probably be very upset. In fact, I know I'd be very upset. But that doesn't seem to have upset us enough. We have no service delivery and infrastructure being built or maintained. Surely that would piss us off. But 
not even that can motivate people to go and stand for election. What is it going to take? Is it riots and looting? Is this the final straw? When are we going to get up and do something? I think uh, the level, we don't have sufficient levels of civic education in South Africa. People don't understand how societies work, and this is a problem. So they don't know that actually they have so much power. It's not just the power in their vote, but the power to ask for the right things when politicians don't do what they're supposed to do, and to, 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 have them, to, to, to hold them accountable for the promises they make. We don't do that. People don't know that. Actually, these people work for you. That's the problem. We need to, to get South Africans to understand that the power is in their hands. The power is in them understanding how the the bylaws function, okay? What their rights are, how to go around uh, demanding uh, that things be done, that must be done by the local elected officials. People don't know that. People sit there and the same person who's giving them a hard time, when they, the person comes in, they, they, they dance to them. They are able to take service to them. Mm. And that is a problem. And politicians know that. Do you think that, do you think direct elections are going to be uh, are going to make a difference. I mean, this is Musimaimane's uh, strategy is in the direct yeah. election, and now that we we've got um, that, well, Parliament still the has to, to have independent candidates. Figure out yeah. how it's going to happen, how it's going to work with independent candidates. I think definitely. How the ANC, if you look at how, how much, how many times ANC, just look at the national parliament, how many times ANC elect, uh, uh, parliamentarians were apparently forced, instructed to vote to, def to defend Zuma when they should have taken him out. They said, and a lot of them did say in public that the party tells them what to do. They're not there to listen to you and me, okay? So once you have direct elections, people in there must listen to their constituents. If they, the person who's elected by the constituents goes in there and doesn't anything that thing that goes against the will of the constituents, they must be voted out. So one, you, you, you want those direct elections, two, but you also want an active, a more active, more knowledgeable, understanding constituency. You want people to understand that that person mm. is in there because of us, and this is what we want. If we decide to want A and they go to for C, for their own, you know, uh, friendships inside parliament, we kick them out. The politicians now know well, that they're only beholden to the to the party, not to you and me. There, there are there are so many comments here, Pumi, about you. Uh, Pumi is smarter than any ANC politician I have seen interviewed about our current circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Michael. But everyone thinks I hate the DA. Yeah, I Graham do not Graham says hate you the hate DA. the DA. Just. <laughs> So, you know, See, Graham thinks I hate the DA. By the way, two things are possible at the same time. Yes. You can disagree with the way people are without having to hate them. Correct. You can disagree Correct. with their strategy. You can disagree I'm, with their positioning. It doesn't mean you hate them. There's time for only one last thing, no, and I, I hate people to... People think I hate the ANC, and I don't. Yeah. I just, I just, <laughs> no, I'm, I... just, I'm just disappointed in the ANC. I don't hate them. I just feel like... <laughs> You know, they think mm. it's so dismayed. I don't even know where to start. But I don't hate them. Even Guys, Zuma, I, I don't do. hate them. I just think it was, just, it was just a big mistake for the start. So. I do. I think the ANC hates us. <laughs> mm. Yeah, they, they, they don't love us, for sure. They don't. Actually, they take us for granted. The ANC is that abusive lover who knows that each time he hits you again and you try to run out, he'll come back and say, but nobody else would love you the way I do. Yes, another 350 rents and you come back. It's, a, it's, so a, it's a, very abusive. They master the art of being abusive. All right. So one last thing, because we've only got about three or four minutes left, and I would be remiss to not let this come up again. It's something that is starting to become a bit of an obsession of mine. But Didi Mabuza and someone brought up. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm sorry, guys. I, I know he's he's, he's, he's coming back. The is Russians it, have let him loose. Is he coming the Russians back? are sending him back to us. The Russians are sending him back to us. And I'm quite certain there'll be a press conference and he'll he'll stand up in front of a press conference and show us that he has survived a poisoning. I, for one, cannot wait to see him at that press conference. I'm just going to look for signs of torture, of latent <laughs> torture, because, as you know, I think he's being tortured in a basement in the Kremlin right now. Uh, what is, no, what, is what do you he, make he of him? Yeah, go on, Sully. He left just on time ahead of, this, of the looting sprees. Things have come down, he's returned. I mean, come on. At some point, we need to know what is it that he needed to be treated for in Russia that he cannot be treated for in South Africa. I mean, it doesn't make sense. I don't, I fear this man. You see this? I, I always said there were three kinds of dogs. Okay, there's a dog that will bark, 
and will bite you. And there's one that never, never barks, but it will bite you when you least expect it. He's that kind of dog. And this, this, there are those that never bark, and that, that never bite. Hmm. Okay, but Mabuza, uh-uh. You better you, watch it. So Mabuza's the Do dog that anybody's b- never barks. Hang on a second. I love this analogy. I'm just going to, I'm just going to repeat it yeah. because, Sully, it's very hard to hear he, you this morning. He's the dog that never barks, but he bites hard. Right. Okay. And there are too many dogs in our in our politics which just bark all the time, but they but they never bite. Bite. And there are others that don't bite. They don't bark. Okay. You don't know what it stands. Sorry, Pums, I interrupted you. Go ahead. I'm saying, do you think anybody is going to have the guts to ask Didi Mabuza when he does make a public appearance why he is becoming like most of the African dictators, where he cannot trust the health system of this country and needs to go so far away to get treated. And yet he thinks the people of this country need to trust the health system. Do you think anybody's going to have the guts to ask him that? No. I don't think people will be scared to ask him a question. The, the question is how will they respond to the question? We'll make a joke in Zulu and, <laughs> and just to be like, you know, we're in Africa, just, just relax. He's like that. He, there's this calm manner about him. He will do that. And people just like that, I think, or fear that. I don't know which one it is. Well, I don't think people will care to ask him a question. They will, he will just give a, a, an answer that goes a different way, but there will not be a follow up. Um, Carl DeSantis says Russia can keep Didi. We don't need him back. Um, on that note, I'm going to to say that the the best thing I've heard in this burning platform is Sully's uh, comparison of the dogs that bark but don't bite, the dogs that that never ever bark but then suddenly bite you, and the ones that bark and and uh, never bark and, and and sorry never bite and keep on barking the whole time. We know exactly which kinds of politicians we're dealing with now, thanks to that analogy. Sally, it's good to have you on. I'm sorry we had issues with your sound again, but we'll sort that out for the next time we see you and have an excellent week. Pumi Mashiho, thank you very much you. as always, and we will see you tomorrow on uh, CliffCentral.com. The Burning Platform returns uh, next week, same time, same place. Make sure you don't miss it. It's brought to you by Nando's. Always fiery hot. And you can uh, suggest anybody or anything that you'd like us to bring up on the burning platform the next time we have it. And we would welcome you with open arms, all your suggestions. Let us know what's going on. And uh, you can do that, Gareth at cliffcentral.com. Thank you very much. We'll see you tomorrow, 6 a.m., bright and early. Cheers. Cliffcentral.com.